I shouldn't have taken that job. So we open our scene on Cranith. You are in a dark forest late at night. The Sea of Draymouth is somewhere to the north and to the east of you. There's a seawall between you. However, what's more important than what's in front of you is what's behind you. Are the stories true? Is this a mage hound? It's absorbed all my spells. I... What? Is, Is that a cave up ahead? As you get close to the edge of the forest... You can actually hear the trees being felled behind you as this creature gains speed and gains on you closer than it's been the entire time it's been chasing you. Maybe it leads to the Draymouth. <sighs> Cranthon will grab parchment and a sliver of coal and throws it throws his bag behind him, sprawling all of its contents on the forest floor, and tries to pick up his pace to get to the cave. So you break from the cover of the forest. It's now just a short stretch of just low grasses between you and what, yes, is actually a cave mouth. Uh, You risk a glance over your shoulder and the behemoth has been following you, a a man-shaped object made of metal, what you believe is a mage hound that up until now you've only believed were stories to to scare people like you. But it's, it's, again, humanoid, has arms and a leg, has a head. It doesn't seem to have any features, though. It's just completely blank-faced. But it actually stops for a moment as if to collect itself and then it starts chasing after you in these long, looping, pounding steps. Now that you're in the open, you don't think you can outrun it. I can't believe that the gods have smiled upon me, sending this thing after me. But I can definitely see the telltale purple bulbs of a licorice plant. My hope drives me faster to scoop the plant. I rip the root away and throw the bulbs and leaves. I focus quickly within me, as well as on the root, and touch it to my chest. I immediately feel as if the world around me has slowed, but it is me that is faster. So I'm assuming you're casting haste here? Yes. Okay. So with your spell, you your speed accelerates, and you do begin to make ground on the mage hound who's falling further and further behind you, and you make it to the mouth of the cave. As I'm running, I start to scribble the message on the parchment to my brother, and I start scribbling as fast as I can. I realize that when I get in this cave, I'm probably not going to be able to see. I I see a soft glow in the edge where I see some phosphorescent moss. I pick it up and I quickly uh, focus on the piece of charcoal and it immediately starts emanating light. So yeah, so now that you have more light, which you are still focused on writing this note to your brother, right? Yes. Okay, but you can see the cave. It, it appears to be a very natural cave. And even the entrance, you're not sure that the mage hound is going to be able to get in it. But based on the last three days, you're sure he'll find a way. Uh, but the, the cave is just, uh, it, it's expansive. It, it goes out in multiple directions. There's uh, areas that just sort of loop in on themselves very quickly that you can tell aren't any passageways. There's one main passageway that you continue to sort of wind through uh, there's stalactites, stalagmites, some that meet in the middle. There's definitely, you can hear the sound of the ocean. Uh, you are in the seawall that separates this land from the Draymouth. If you can find a way through the entire seawall or through this entire cave structure, it is possible that the Draymouth will be open to you on the other side. 
Well, I am going to, as I'm running, I'm going to be looking at the ground and trying to look for like a more well-worn path. Just so hopefully I don't end up in one of these dead ends. And let's do a, let's do a higher low. I'll say hi. Okay. Yeah. You continue to, to navigate through around. You find a, like, what's to, what looks to be like an actual stream of water. Uh, so that maybe you think if you follow that, it might lead you somewhere. And uh, you do hear not a crashing sound, but a, a thud and then like a thump as the mage hound has clearly pressed its way through the cave mouth and, and entered behind you. Okay, so I'm going to try to actually get in, like run inside the stream just to, because I don't know how this thing's tracking me. So I'll try to like kind of throw it off my scent or whatever. All right, the, the um, splashing footsteps echo throughout the cave in every direction as you as you run through this shallow stream of water. Okay, so... Let's see where I'm at. I'm running really low on spells. Okay, so I'm just going to need to get a... I need to get a message to my brother, so um, I'm going to... I'll use my sorcery point. Uh, What I'm going to do, I'm going to uh, focus within myself and create a translucent copper wire, uh, and then it's almost as soon as I make it, it's going to dissipate as I send a message to my brother, Lander. And are you doing this as you still try to move through the cave like you're kind of almost like you're talking to yourself as you go from stalagmite to stalagmite and deeper into the cave yeah like i'm still trying i'm trying to go more downwards so hoping to get down to the like the shore so any paths i take i'm going to try to focus on the ones that go lower in a more downward direction okay so what does this message to your brother say what's the name of your brother by the way uh, Lander okay. is his name. So it's going to say, I've got 25 words. So I'm going to say, Magehounds are real. Written message, follow the coast, almost three miles west of Jalen, a cave, the right passage. And then just there, you actually stop mid-sentence as you've broken through one of these caves that you ducked through, and it opens into like a like a grotto. There's just this huge cavern inside this area that you've been in. And in front of you, there's, a, there's basically a body of water that's inside the cave. And you don't see any way in or out, but there's actually a ship just sitting there, anchored in this grotto inside this cave. A ship. So that actually goes through as part of your message. The Magehound, which seems to be able to track you unerringly and was not distracted in the slightest by the echoes or by the footsteps of the water, crashes a big giant iron fist into the back of your head or at least he's going to try to what is your armor class 12 uh no, yeah. 11 sorry yeah even either way you're going to take 22 points of damage as he almost like backhands you and then you're going to go flying through the air and when you came into this grotto you saw the ship what you didn't see is to either side of this entrance were a bunch of tables and stacked books and parchments and vials with different liquids, almost like an alchemical lab of some sort. And you just get knocked into that. You flip over the table. You're now lying in all this debris. You can feel you know, glass shards breaking under you. All these different liquids uh, and objects are, are just sort of all around you and on top, or you're on top of them. And you get these different weird sensations like cold and hot. And then you can hear the thundering footsteps as it comes closer. So my guy's pretty intelligent. So as 
just before he gets hit, basically, he's going to throw the message down on the ground. And then he gets hit and falls into this thing. And he starts like this shot. This one shot's almost killed him, basically. So he he's probably like pretty woozy and disoriented. And he's lost his piece of charcoal. So you probably can't see very well either. Do you have any spells left? No, not now. So, well, they don't work anyways. So he will like be on his back and basically just kind of reach around in the dark and try to grab basically anything he feels like is solid to where he can try to take this thing with him because he's probably he probably knows he's probably going to die. All right. So you uh, you basically lay back the creature stalks over to you. It actually like full mounts you, so it puts down a, a, a big giant metal knee on the other side of your waist, and just with two hands, it just wraps them around your throat and starts to squeeze. Lander, you hear the voice of your brother break in and just say those words to you, and it's it stops very suddenly, and you probably even hear a, Ugh! before it finishes. You have a chance with this spell. You can respond. Do you want to say something back? I do. I respond back to Cranton. Cranton, did you find what you were looking for? Are you okay? And quickly, the light of the cave gets dark. Even your your charcoal that you lit earlier, as you start to lose conscious, it actually starts to fade, you know, get darker. And your hand just starts, you know, you're just scrambling for something, for anything. Let's do uh, one more high or low. Low. All right. So your vision's down to like pinpricks at this point. And then you finally, your right hand, you grasp something that's metallic probably about two inches uh, in diameter. It's very, very cold, almost painfully cold to the touch, but it's got heft, so, you know, almost maybe feels like a, like a mace handle, but the weight's not quite right, but it's definitely heavy. Well, that's what I wanted. So now I'm going to try to hit him in the head with it. All right, roll your attack roll. <laughs> a 20, critical. You natural 20? Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so with what remaining strength you have, so you, you bring this object and it crosses in front of your vision just before you go completely dark. So you see it, and it appears to be about a foot and a half long of just completely same-shaped rod. But it has a, a stripe, almost like a barber pole stripe, but it's black and gray. And it connects just to the side of this mage hound's face. It, it breaks instantly. And then the, the part that's in, still in your hand sort of slides across the front of the featureless face. And then everything goes dark. We pick up the scene short time later outside the cave mouth. There is a, uh, a squad of elven guards who are standing there waiting for the mage hound to return. It comes out of the cave and it's carrying a limp body over its shoulder. One thing about the mage hound that seems different is that there's now almost like a scorch mark that goes across its face. It's not continuous, not like a unibrow. It actually stutters and it kind of makes the Maytown look like it's squinting from a distance. It's just like these black scratch gouge marks on it. Uh, it walks up to where the mage, uh, excuse me, walks up to where the elven guards are, and it drops the body down, and we see the lifeless body of, of Cranthon. And just in case there's any thought that there might be hope, before anything else can happen, several of the elven soldiers draw spears, run up, and just start stabbing this body repeatedly over and over again until there's clearly nothing left. Their work done, the leader of the elves calls everyone together, heads, uh, calls them over to go back towards uh, Jalen. But the mage hound doesn't 
respond right away. It, it stops. And even though it doesn't really have eyes, it, it turns as if it's looking over its shoulder back towards the cave mouth. And that is where we will end your scene. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at vrpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.